everybody. Welcome to the Mini Break by Cracked Rackets, your daily podcast for storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, June 19th, and we're here to talk some more grass court tennis with you. My name is Jamie McDonald, and I'll be your host for today. With me is my Wednesday partner in crime, Matt Stokowiak on the East Coast. Matt, how's it going? Going great, man. How are you doing, Jamie? Not too bad. Excited to talk some grass court tennis. Always. Always. I, I love this time of year, man. It's just I don't know something about it. It's definitely look. Of course, I love I love the whole year, right? I love every surface, but something about the grass, man. I just I, I get pretty interested. So for sure. Well, we've got a lot of fun stuff to get through today. Of course, we've got the action um, in Germany. There was supposed to be the Queen Cl- Queen's Club matches today. Unfortunately, there was so much rain that none of them got to get uh, to get it go today. For listeners, that's of course yesterday for you all. So. Today, for you listeners, is going to be a chock-full day of tennis. You know, if anyone who landed a ticket to that day is going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to be there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these we got a couple of 500 ATP 500 events this week, so uh, they're definitely going to be good tickets. I mean, I, I tell you what, man, I wish I was there. That's for sure. Yeah, and then and then on the the women's side, the WTA, of course, they're playing in Birmingham as well. That's where world number one Naomi Osaka is. And you know, before we hop into the, the action in Germany, which is Halle Bornachorich being the defending champ, we're gonna hop and we're gonna talk about the WTA just a little bit because I don't know about you, but I got to catch a good amount of that Osaka Sakari match. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but she's the young Greek woman who's on the on the up and up. And man, this was a really fun and entertaining match to watch. Um, this is a topic that, of course, we could talk about for a long, long time, but I think one thing about these tournaments that really intrigues me is this in-match and on-court coaching um, that we see in the WTA, and so I think this one in particular was a really good example of just, I don't know, how entertaining it is and how how quickly some in-match coaching can really change the sort of disposition of a match. So before I get into the specifics of what happened in this one, what are your thoughts on in-match coaching in general on the, when it comes to the tour? Oh, man. I mean, to be honest, I don't necessarily love it. I mean, again, you know me, Jamie. I, I'm, I'm a pretty old school guy when it comes to things, you know, in tennis. And so, mm-hmm. look, it's a, it's a new school thing, right? I mean, it's, it's an innovation that we haven't really seen in the sport. It's only on the WTA tour. We don't see this on the men's side. Um, you know, it, it really, it doesn't bother me that much. I just, I don't love it. I mean, I'd be totally fine if, if we didn't have on-court coaching uh, on the women's side, but yeah. it, it, it does make for an interesting dynamic. I mean, college tennis, of course, there's coaches, you know, that can be on any court they want to and can get coaching at any point during a match. So, you know, obviously mm-hmm. a big fan of that. And, you know, professionally, it's just, it's not something that we're really accustomed to. Now maybe we are with the WTA tour. They've had some on-court coaching for, for a couple of years now. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. It's definitely not my favorite thing. But at the end of the day, I, I am about, you know, progressing the sport. I do want to see tennis grow. And, you know, if this is a way to, to do that a little bit, then, you know, I'm in. I'm in. I just... Yeah. I don't know if I'd be a hundred percent ready yet to see it on the ATP tour. I, I don't know if I'm there yet. I mean, maybe, but we'd have to see how that goes. 
No, I think I think that's fair. And one thing for me too, I go back and forth on it because you know, like you said, there there are definitely some pros to it. And hey, look at every other sport. Um, however, there is something unique about tennis, right? Like you're out that's there right. alone, you're problem solving. You know, not only do you have to do all this and fight all the other things and actually play well, you got to figure things out. Um, and so I think that's something that's sort of unique to the sport. And people can go back on back and forth on this. Is that lost if you allow on-court coaching? I don't know. But the reason I bring it up is because in this match, it was very interesting. So Osaka ends up winning the match. I'll, I'll preface with this. She wins the match in three sets. Steamrolls through Sakari in the first, 6-1. Then really interestingly in the second, it was decently tight. Little, it was like 2-all, and then you got to 2-3. I think it was on serve still. And uh, Sakari or Sakari's coach comes out um, and just – on the, on the next changeover and goes, listen to me. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I need you to start slicing. I, I, that's what he says. Like, seriously, they had him all mic'd up on Tennis Channel. It was great. He's like, this is totally on me. If it doesn't work, I don't care. You got to start slicing. And then he like went back up. Sure enough, she gets out there. Granted, maybe she should have started slicing even more, but she starts slicing. Osaka is completely rattled. At one point, Osaka was trying to get low and tried to hit like a two-handed slice. She like, couldn't handle it. It was wild. And, and uh, of course, then Osaka ends up losing. She gets broken and then loses that second set. Now she regains it and wins 6-3 in the third. But it's just a really interesting example of how you see in-match coaching just immediately flip a switch and get a break like that, and the momentum completely changes. Yeah, I mean, that that's a perfect example right there, Jamie. It's like, what do we want? Because would Sakari have thought of that tactic on her own if her coach didn't come right. come down? I, I, I'm not so sure about that. So it's like, exactly. do we want these matches? Do we really want the coaches to have that much impact on the matches? Or would we just rather have the players decide it? Because if the coach yeah. stays out of that, you know, Osaka may win that match in straight sets. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously... Sakari was able to push that to three using the tactic that her coach, you know, told her on one of the changeovers and and she was able to kind of flip that match around. So that's a good example. It's like, what do we, you know, what, what do as a fan, what do we, what do we want to see? Do we like the coaches having that much impact on a match or would we rather just see the players try to, you know, switch their tactics up on their own? If you're asking me, I would like to see them do it on their own. I, I, that, I think I think that's fair. No, I think that's fair. I just bring it up because it's always an interesting talking point. And of course, some people have very strong opinions both ways. And, and I think right. there's merit to both sides of it. It's just it's interesting when you get to see such a clear example exactly. of it working, and you're like, huh? You know, it does make you think. You're like, wow. Yeah, I guess had that not have happened, maybe you don't know, but this match could have been one exactly. three. You know. Um, but yeah, you, obviously you never know, but it's, it's just interesting to bring up, but, um, this is not an issue when we're talking about the ATP. So we can go ahead and hop over there for now. Um, like I said before, unfortunately, all those Queens club matches, it's tough to say, but <laughs> Queens club matches did not get to be played because of all the rain. Um, but still there's a good amount of, uh, of action we can talk about in Germany. That's the Halle tournament. Um, Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Gasquet coming up with a straight sets win, 6-3, 6-4 over Gojo from Germany. Our clay court specialist, mm. Hella, not a great day. Goes out 1-1 one one to Gofen. Granted, there's not a surface, but does this really just show his true colors as being sort of a, a one-trick only on the clay guy or no? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I think he just... I don't think he played that great of a match. I mean, and and Gofan has picked his game up recently. Let's give him some credit. Coming into the French, 
he had not had a good year, David Goffin. But, you know, he got that set off Rafa in the third round at French, and he looked sure. pretty good in that match, even though he yeah. lost it. I mean, you can look really good against Rafa at Roland Garros and still lose. So that's what happened right, there. Too. And, you know, now he's just he's translating that play over to the grass, which is great to see for Pella. Yeah, we know he's we know he's a clay quarter. We talked about that during the entire clay court season, right? How good this guy is on the dirt, mm-hmm. but you know, his game, it's it's definitely tough for him to translate that to the grass. And, you know, that's we kind of get a score like we got today. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I always think I always think about this when I see Gofen. He's able to pull off more big time blowout wins that I would expect from a game style like his. It's not like he's in there bombing serves and completely taking over the court. But I mean, you pretty often, I wouldn't say pretty often, it's the ATP tour, but there are many, many cases where I've seen him just blow people out. I mean, remember when he beat Burdich 0-0 a few years back? Yeah. I mean, he, he's, yeah. he has the ability to do this and a locked in David Goffin is very, very dangerous. Yeah. Oh yeah. No question about it. I mean, look, this guy is really at his peak is a, is a top 10 player. I mean, he mm-hmm. has that ability. He's I been agree. there before. So, um, you know, it's just, he's, he's had some injury issues and things right. like that over the last couple of years. He hasn't been able to play his best, but yeah, no, I mean, look, the guy is, you know, at his size and everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> if to get to the point that he's gotten to in his career, you, you just, you have to be elite. I mean, there's no question about it. He does everything very, very well. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Well, he has been in good form, at least as of late, as you mentioned, knocking off or taking a set off of Nadal at the French, which, hey, only a couple people can say they've done that. Um, But then another guy who's been in great form and red hot by his standards for sure, Struff of Germany, coming up with another win over uh, Laszlo Geria today, 6-4, 6-4. Man, what has Struff been drinking? He's, I'm telling you, man, and I feel like we, we almost harp on this every week that we do well, these he pods because he's, well, exactly. That's, that's the funny part about it. It's like, he just, he's been winning. And again, I mean, I'll say it. He, he just, he has the game to be a top player. True. He, he's big. He's got a good serve. I love his net play. He has big groundies. It's just, it's always been consistency with him, and right now he is he is playing consistently week in and week out. He's showing that he can do it, and yeah, this is just another great example. I saw some of this match, and yeah, he just he was the better player overall. I mean, Jarrett, more of a clay corer as well, who who saw some success on the clay earlier this year, but Struff with his serve like that, when he, when his serve is going and he can back it up with those groundies, man. He's tough, and and I think right now more than anything, he's confident. I think he feels mm-hmm. like he's going to win when he's stepping on the court, and that's huge too. You've got to have that confidence, especially when you're playing, guys. You know, it, this is a 500 event, so it's no joke at all. Right. And, yeah, he's just showing that confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, I mean, this is this has been great for him this past little stretch here. You know, not only when he gets to draw Denis Shapovalov, who apparently he just understands how to beat, <laughs> Um, but I mean, just in terms of rankings too. If you look at the live ranking, I think he's believe I believe he's between thirty and forty now, which is phenomenal for him. So, you know, all credit to him. Like you said, he plays that big game, and I think grass is another place he can make a really um, sort of big run for his yep. career. I, I don't know. I don't know really what it's going to look like, but man, he can impose his big serve, big forehand on just about anybody. And so, we'll see. We'll absolutely see. Yeah, completely agree. I think so too. It'll be it, it, depending on his draw at Wimbledon. I, yeah. I I definitely wouldn't be shocked to see him make a little bit of a run. 
a dangerous person to draw for sure. Yes. Um, and that's yeah, that's not someone you want to be going up against, especially. He's, he's probably going to be unseated. Yep. So he's well. Let me think. Yeah. So he'll be yeah, depending on. It'll be close. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he, he might be unseated. So, um, yeah, he could really throw a wrench into anybody's draw, especially if you know someone's just a little bit off. He's gonna he's gonna pounce. But um, anyway, enough on that match because we could talk about Struff and the what ifs forever. Another guy with the big serve, big forehand. I know you had some thoughts on this match, so we'll hop into it. Fritz, unfortunately, the American falls to Bautista Agut. Bautista Agut wins this one, seven six six zero. That first set, seven six, was twelve ten in the tiebreak. What'd you see in that one? Yeah, man, I watched this one. Uh, tough, tough match for Taylor Fritz. He had so many opportunities in that mm-hmm. first set, multiple set points, and it, it's crazy, man. It, it's not like on all of them he he would make a bad error or anything like that. I mean, Bautista Agut came up with some unbelievable play down set points in that first set. I mean, I, I was just, I was watching and I'm like, man, this guy on grass, which is probably Bautista Gut's worst surface, I would say. There's yeah. no question about it. I mean, he is much better on hard or a clay court. He does have the flat strokes at least. He, at least he, he does. That. He does, but he's just his grinding style and everything and the way that he, you know, moves around the court. It's definitely, it lends itself to be more of a clay court slash hard court yeah, type I mean, game. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, he, he found a way, man. And that's what this guy does. Fritz was really, I mean, he was in that first set the whole way and should have, should have probably won it. I know he had a set point on his serve, on his racket and he, and he could not convert in that first set. And then, you know, all confidence was gone in the second set after pouring everything into that first, the second set took, it's what seemed like about 10 minutes, man. I mean, that was just, that was over with Bautista knew that he had him as soon as that first set was over. And yeah, I mean it's just tough because that would have been a great win. I mean, yeah, anytime absolutely. you can get a win over over uh, Bautista Good, that would have been big for Taylor. But <sighs> just just couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah, unfortunate. And for um, another Spaniard in the draw, Munar, someone who we've seen have a lot of success on the clay, not as fortunate as Bautista Good goes and falls to the defending champ. Born of Chorich, 7-6-6-3. Stikovsky takes out Mulliker, 3-6-7-6-6-2. Seppi from Italy takes out uh, Morang from Germany, 6-4-7-6. Um, your boy, Berrettini, coming up with a 4-4 four and four win over Basilishvili. Yes. Man, your guy, Berrettini, he's really, he's maybe he's just living it up just for you. I'm, I don't know. He's, he's, he's coming up big. He's coming up big, man. Did you see him win that title in Stuttgart last oh, yeah. week over over FAA? I know. Yeah, he looked really good. I'm I'm telling you, man. This guy, he is on the rise. I think he's up to number 21 now in the live rankings. I checked earlier today because I was so excited about it. Um, yeah, this guy. I mean, he's he's gonna break the top 20 here in no time at all. I mean, I think it could happen. You know, within the next month, but during the grass court season, he's just. He plays a big game, man. I mean, you've seen him. Yeah, he does. He, he's, he's a big dude. He serves well. And and that's on this surface. He hasn't gotten broken, I don't think, at all. He didn't he didn't get broken once in Stuttgart, I believe. He held serve every time. And so far, again, he just he gets one break each set against Basilashvili, who's a top 20 player himself. And Berrettini, man, he's just riding the wave right now. I, I love to see it. Yeah, Berrettini, I mean, of course, just turned 23. What was that? Maybe a couple months yep. ago. So another young guy who's who's up and on the rise. I know you you wrote that article. I'll plug it real quick. Uh, 
Stokowiak wrote a good article on Berrettini talking about the future and if he is the future of Italian tennis. You know, we've seen Fonini have a bit of a rise as well. But, man, Berrettini more and more looking like the real deal. I'm telling you, man, cash in now because a couple years from now, you're going to remember this and be like, wow. Like, yeah, Matt was talking about that. I mean, I've been on this guy even for a couple years now. I remember a couple years back I saw him play well, now you're live. Just bragging, so I don't and know. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm telling you, man, I feel like because nobody knew about this guy and I saw him and I, I just saw the potential and I was like, this, I really like this guy. I like, I just liked everything about him. I liked his game. I liked his attitude. And it's just, it's good. It's fun to see him actually, you know, re- realize that potential sure. a little bit. So hopefully, hopefully he can keep it going. For sure. Well, we got two more matches to uh, to talk about, or at least go through from um, yesterday in Germany. We got Federer taking out seven, taking out Millman seven six six three. Decently routine here for Federer. You know that first set was a tiebreak, but he blew out the Australian in that first set tiebreak seven one. Uh, man, Federer looked pretty good. This was this didn't look horribly taxing for him. No. Um, I mean, of course, would have rather walked out with a, something like a four and three, a little bit more routine, but you know, ultimately he was in control of this match. Yeah, I think so. I don't think he minds one bit. I mean, he, he was holding serve well and on grass, you're going to see tiebreakers. We've talked about that before. It's, yeah, it's pretty, you know, it's going to be pretty commonplace to, to see a lot of breakers, uh, you know, throughout the next few weeks. So I, I think fed, you know, he'll, he'll take that um, you know, as a positive, Millman's a guy that's beaten him in the past at the right. U.S. Open, no less. Everybody so, was everybody was bringing that up, so I'm sure he was thinking about that too. Exactly. So I think Fed's going to be quite pleased with his performance here, and yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's won this title numerous times. I mean, a bunch of times. I can't remember exactly how many it is, but it's like seven, eight times that he's won this title. So. Uh, George took it from him last year. I, I'm sure, again, that's in the back of his mind as well, and he's going to want a, a piece of the, the title again. So, yeah, good start for Fed. Yeah, well, and then our last match, with, saving this for last because it was a lot of fun, the French battle, Sanga and Benoit Paire. Uh, Benoit Paire beat him not too long ago, but Sanga gets this one 6-4, 7-5, and... Um, I feel like we don't even need to talk about the tennis itself, but hopefully, listeners, you guys saw the uh, the nice little soccer point they had uh, in between what happened was Benoit Paire. Now, granted, he's done this multiple times. I've seen his racket slip out of his hands off a serve, I feel like, way more or disproportionately, at least, amount of times compared to other players, but that's that's a whole other thing. Benoit Paire hits a serve, goes in, but the racket just flies from his hand, so... You know, Sanga just chips it back and they're not doing anything. But uh, it's pretty funny. Then Benoit Paire, you know, kicks it back. Sanga takes a couple touches, kicks it back, and they're just sort of uh, they're going back and forth with it, having a good time. But um, makes for a great clip for sure. And honestly, pretty impressive. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I really I enjoyed this. I didn't actually get to see the match live, but of course I saw the clip a bunch of times. It, this is great, man. I mean, I, I love to see this, especially with those two guys. I mean, they're obviously friends. They know each other. They've they've been around a while. Two veterans. Sure. I don't th- I don't think this is something that you would see from a young player that's really trying to make you know make a breakthrough and and you know rise up through the ranks or anything like that. They're obviously going to take it a little bit more serious. But we know Benoit Pair is a guy that has some fun out there and and you know tries a bunch of different stuff. And Sanga, you know, he's been around forever now, so it's not like there's immense pressure on him either so I think it was just an opportunity for those guys to just 
you know, Pear started it, obviously, and, and Songa said, all right, man, I, I see what you what you got here. Let me show you my soccer skills. So yeah, that was... That was, it was... It was pretty funny. But anyway, I always have to mention that exchange. Uh, listeners, if you haven't seen that, check out Tennis Twitter. It is all over the place. I've seen it posted by, by a bunch of different outlets. So uh, it's always a good time, though, and, and it really just kind of reminds us that these guys are just freak athletes no matter what. Um, and so I will say, though, Definitely being the French guys, you expect it more. I can't say I would expect this from any of our Americans. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I maybe we'd be surprised. I mean, I would. I would love to be surprised, I, but uh, yeah. I, I let's just say I wouldn't expect it. You know, I wouldn't look at want it to be this pretty. I mean, you can look at people like Team too. Team will just be juggling a ball in warmups and stuff too. He's got phenomenal touch. The Euros, um, man. A lot of these guys, yeah. A lot of these guys um, had prospects when they were really young to be future soccer players as well um a lot of them have talked about you know in their early development they kind of had to decide yeah it's kind of like a fork in Rafa. the road a little bit and they yeah and even fed will talk to you too about how he he loved that but anyway that's that's a story for another time let's go ahead and hop into our matches for tomorrow um we can stay in germany just because we can talk through these ones i think for me well, i'll read through them first we've got Goffin and albot stakowski and Herbert of france struf and hatchinov Chorch and sosa for me, I think the choice is obvious for the for the best yeah. match to watch, Struff and Hatchinov. I think that's going to be a great match. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that one really stands out. Those other ones, sure. they you know they have some potential to be really good matches, but I think the blockbuster one on the schedule tomorrow would definitely be Struff Hatchinov. I mean, two big two big guys. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a couple tiebreakers in that match. They're going to be serving well, hopefully. Um, you know, I. I yeah, it's really probably going to come down to just who can take advantage of their opportunities. If one of them gets a break point, can they convert it? You know, because if not, that door is probably going to get shut real quick because both of these guys mm. have the ability to serve and then back it up with their ground strokes sure. as well. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Yeah, and we saw Hatchnov, of course, you know, we've talked about him multiple times, but he found a little bit better form at the French, and granted that was on clay, but had had a few good wins, got through, got all the way to the quarters before he lost a team, but then, um, you know, just not too long ago, he played Stuttgart and lost to Berrettini in a pretty convincing 4-2 and two match, so um, definitely jury's still out on how he's going to do and how he's going to look on the grass, especially against somebody who is coming in pretty red hot like Struff, but um, I think Hatchinov definitely holds the favorite still in this, and I, I think he'll probably find a way to get it done. Um, but hey, Struff, man, he can take the racket out of your hands, so we will see. Chorich and Sosa don't want to underplay that one. Of course, you got the defending champ going up against a, a total veteran here, but I think Chorich is going to be able to take care of business and yep. certainly expected to, um, as is Gofen. So that's what we've got happening in Germany. But if we hop over to Queens Club, this is going to be a jam-packed day of tennis because, as we mentioned, uh, unfortunately we weren't able to get any of that in today. But that just makes tomorrow even more fun. Um, you know, of course, here at Cracked Rackets, we've got a couple people who are going to be tuning in even more. Um, looking at you, Gruskin and Rothman, they put down, they tried to put down some bets. If you want to hear about all those, um, I believe they talked about it in yesterday's mini break. So go give that a look. But man, I'm just going to start reading through these because we've got some awesome matches. Del Potro Shapovalov. Then you've got uh, Dan Evans, Vavrinka, Chechenato, Ronich, Tsitsipas, Edmund, Dimitrov, FAA, Kyrios, Manorino. Got a couple others as well. Fuksovics and Feliciano Lopez, uh, Clark and Puy, Damon Auer and Bedene, 
Shardy and Kukushkin. I mean, that is a jam-packed day of tennis right there. Yeah, that's that's a hot ticket right there, man. I mean, I'd love to be on the grounds tomorrow at, at Queens Club because that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, geez, I, I don't even know what I'm looking at. There's so many good matches. I don't even know if I can pick just one. I mean, but I will say one that I definitely will have my eye on, Del Potro, Shapovalov. For sure. I mean, that's there's going to be a lot of big hitting in that one. You know, the, the question for me is can, can Dennis serve – really, really well, because I think he's going to have to. I mean, we've seen when he wins, when he pulls off some of his best stuff against the top players, his serve is really cranking. That That's always a common theme. When he has a big win, it's usually because of his serve. So mm-hmm. I think if I think if he's going to pull it off, he'll have to serve well. And then obviously we know that he can back it up with those big groundies from the from the baseline. But yeah. I mean, Delpo is going to be a tough customer, man, especially on grass. I, I think, uh, yeah. you know, I, oof. I'd i lean Delpo, but you never know. And that's one thing, too, when I think about, you know, Shapovalov on the grass, especially going up against Del Potro. Del Potro just ripping flat strokes, especially that forehand, just an absolute bomb. I mean, if I'm Del Potro in this match, I'm going hard and I'm going well, especially with the serve, I'm probably going at the body of Shapovalov a lot. Yeah. You know, he's got those big strokes, but they're but they're big both in terms of how hard he hits them and you know the actual production. They're just large strokes; they take a lot. There's a lot. So I mean, try, think about trying to react and get a full stroke in when it's skidding off the grass and it's a huge Del Potro forehand. I mean, yeah, that could be a really really tough matchup for him. Um, but like you said, who knows? I mean, Shapovalov has just crazy athleticism and you know if he's on the run he can come up with some big shots i think you i think you nailed it the serving is going to be huge for him because we know del potro has the ability to just hold so easily um especially when he's bombing in the serve so yeah that one's going to be a ton of fun i think vavrinka and dan evans is going to be a lot of fun to watch you know vavrinka got into better form we saw some real real good tennis from him um, in the French Open, and now we're completely switching surfaces. We're going to grass somewhere he's not quite as comfortable. Going up against, you know, a guy who, and Dan Evans, who we've seen him play really well on the grass, and his game certainly lends itself to the surface. So a very yes. interesting clash we've got there. I mean, do you have any other thoughts on that match? Yeah, no, I like, I, I mean, I like the matchup. I think it's interesting. Like you mentioned, Dan Evans, he's going to chip that backhand a lot, use a lot of slice. He doesn't mind coming into the net. So I think he's got a pretty good grass court game. Stan, obviously we know grass is his least preferred surface. Yeah. So that, that will be an interesting one. I mean, I'd still, I'm still thinking Stan's going to find a way through it, but yeah. I mean, there, there could be some trouble in that one. No question I, about it. I think so too, especially with you know Evans and his ability to come in. You know, we we see Vavrinka, especially on that first serve. A lot of times he'll float returns. I think that could get him in a little bit of trouble here. So he'll probably have to adjust. But you know, time will tell, and we'll see what happens now. And it's in London. True. So he'll probably have some crowd crowd support for sure. Dan Evans is going to have the crowd behind him. Another Brit who's in action going to have some crowd behind him is Kyle Edmund going up against the young Greek phenom Sitsipas. I mean. That's going to be another fun one, but I think if I had to pick absolutely one, if I if you told me I could only watch one of these matches, I think I would pick the next one on my list, which is Dimitrov and uh, Azure Eliasim, because okay, I I mean there's just so much potential for just ridiculously entertaining points here, um, and I yeah. think I think this is really a big moment for Dimitrov to prove himself. Um, FAA, of course, coming off that great run, uh, what was it in Stuttgart? Um, mm-hmm. And then, so he's got some momentum here. Obviously, he's you know shown that he can play on the grass. And this Dimitrov's 
got quite a bit of pressure here to me. I think this is a big one for him, and he's got to get through this one if he wants to, you know, sort of get his confidence up. So that's one I'm going to be watching. If you had to pick a winner of that one, who would you go with? Yeah, I'm going FAA. I just really? I like okay. the form. Yeah, I, I think he's been in pretty good form. I mean, he has been obviously, in good form. I can't, yeah, finals of Stuttgart, losing to Bar- I, I'm not going to you know hold anything against him for losing to Berrettini in that final. That's that's tough. I mean, sure. Berrettini's just you know a little too good right now. So that's I, I'm totally fine with that. And Grigor, man, like you mentioned, when when the pressure is, it seems like when the pressure's on the most. He tends to struggle. He's not one of those guys that typically rises to the occasion when the pressure's on, like some of these other players. So, yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm picking FAA. I think he'll find a way through. Yeah, and I think Dimitrov, one of the things, too, it's just difficult to know exactly where Dimitrov is right now, especially on the grass. Of course, we haven't really seen him. We haven't seen him since the French mm-hmm. um, when he lost, what was it, third round to Vavrinka, that 7-6, right. 7-6, 7-6 match. Um, and so completely different ball game here. Um, I think Dimitrov, another guy who has some pretty big ground strokes, but especially now that we're on the grass, I think he will be able to use that backhand slice because he really does have a phenomenal one. I think he'll be able to use that to get FAA a little bit more uncomfortable, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to get him uh, across the finish line. He's going to have to come up with some... He's going to have to come up with some really big shots at big times here, and once again, I think a huge thing for him, his serve can't let him down. Um, I think we've seen Dimitrov, whether it's mental, whether it's with his shoulder issue, we've seen his serve struggle um, even in 2019, and so that's really going to have to get figured out if he wants a good shot at this match. Yeah, no, completely agree. Well, Good point. Yeah, I think, wow, we've got so much to look forward to. I will try to have this streaming the entire time. Um, unfortunately, you know, I don't have Tennis Channel Plus, so I won't be able to see everything. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the Tennis Channel gods will, will choose the right matches for me in exactly the way I want. But either way, there's really no loser here because any match they're going to be showing is going to be awesome. So I'm very excited for all of the action. Um, but before we close for our listeners, Matt, what do we say? That's a break. All right, and we'll catch you next time. See you guys.